0: Christine.
1: Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I got my second cup of coffee in my... Nah, I'm going to stay on the bed. Namaste in bed. Namaste in bed. Amen. Did I say that right? Namaste in bed. Namaste
0: in bed. Yeah, there you go. I had a a coffee fail this morning. Kelly, we did that. It ran out of oat milk. So she just got me like an almond milk creamer, which is like a flavored, and I've had two cups of coffee and it's been so disgusting. And so I I need yeah, my coffee situation's very sad. I haven't had a full cup of coffee.
1: And it's Mother's Day. You should have the best coffee on the planet today. <laughs> yes. But yes, speaking of, happy Mother's Day. Well, thank you. Happy Mother's Day to you. Good thank job you. being a mom. Thank you. Good job giving birth. Thank you. Thank you. I did. Yeah, I did. I did it. Yeah, you did it. You did it twice. did it twice. I
0: did it once and I was like, I could totally do this again. I felt like such an empowerment right after giving birth. I was like, F yeah, no matter how I don't know. There's there's just a wonder that, you know, m- mothers are painted in so many different pictures and so many different lights and happy Mother's Day to all you lovely mothers out
1: there. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day.
0: We're sending you all of the love.
1: All the love in the world. All That's of the a, love. Uh,
0: all the love
1: in the Smithereen song, I think. Oh, is it? Hmm. I don't know.
0: Add that to the list of possibilities. No, maybe.
1: Do you have it today years old? I do. <laughs> okay, bring it.
0: Um, I don't know where I saw it, but I laughed so hard. So apparently, Kentucky Fried Chicken... KFC their Twitter account. Okay. So they have a Twitter account and they follow, they only follow a few people. Okay. So they follow, I don't know if I'm gonna get this right. They follow five of the spice girls, which I guess is all five spice girls and they follow six guys named Herb. And apparently the, re- the reason is because their secret sauce has 11, 11, it has it has five spices and 11 or six herbs what's funny about that is so Whoa. the person that caught it he contacted kfc and was like hey or he maybe tweeted it or who knows how he came to light but he and that he like discovered it that this is what they were doing because oh they were gosh. like they didn't even announce it they're like they, it's just like everyone's like oh they have 11 followers whatever or they follow 11 people they have a zillion followers probably But when this guy acknowledged it, the company sent him a painting of him riding like piggyback on Colonel Sanders holding a chick holding a drumstick.
1: (laughs) Okay. First of all, the people they follow is hilarious. And I would love to interview one of the herbs, like one of the seven herbs, eight herbs, whatever, six herbs second that's the gift you get if you like give a shout out to kfc a picture of you having a piggyback ride by uncle by colonel sanders holding a chicken leg minute. in your hand that is how they gift people no i th- i guess so i don't know
0: if there's like yeah i guess because he- he's the first person that discovered it
1: so, they had, the one- so they had a special for him, this treat they had a special
0: i wonder if he got like a lifetime supply of kfc or
1: something too well, that would make more sense. Like, can you just give me like 500 pounds of original recipe over my <laughs> lifetime? That's hilarious. It's
0: so funny. I just think it's, I think it's funny that that's their Twitter font. Like how do they follow on Twitter like alone? Cause it's like witty and silly. And then their acknowledging of it is like this like weird painting of this guy riding piggyback on Colonel Sanders.
1: <laughs> that's fantastic. Good on you, KFC.
0: Yeah. Isn't that funny? This is funny. yeah, that's my today years old because I I just find that so hilarious. I
1: love shit like that.
0: Do you have a today years old? Tell me that you tell me what you've got.
1: I do have a today mm. years old. okay, so I was in the company of some folks, and one of the folks, a guy, was talking about how his wife was gonna be out of town. okay and he said, yeah, I'm gonna be batching. I said what are you what are you doing? He said I'm batching, you know, like a bachelor. <laughs> I'm going to be batching while she's gone. And I was like, "Wow, I've never heard that before." Dad. Wait, dad said that? Yes. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs>
0: I know. We're gonna have to do some mad editing because I'm laughing so hard, I'm choking myself.
1: No, we'll leave it in because it is fucking (laughs) hilarious. I
0: no way. like, yeah, "Yeah, that's
1: what it's called. Maybe I'm gonna be batching because mom's gonna be out of town. (laughs) Like, not a not a he didn't think it was weird that he knew that. He was surprised I didn't know that. He was very much like, hey, all the cool kids are saying batch. How do you not know that? Dad. So he's
0: this is something that like he caught on, like it's like an or is it like something that he used to say back in the day? Or is this like a new like Gen Xers coined Ooh, this that's new phrase?
1: A, I didn't ask him that. That's a good question. Oh my gosh, Dad's gonna be batching. He's gonna be batching for like two weeks. Mom's gonna be out of town, and he was trying. He was telling me I should come to town so he could take me and Dana to the Crossing. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. Um. um yes, I've never been to the Crossing. Fancy I've only restaurant.
0: been. I've only been once for my high school graduation. Dad and Mom took me.
1: Oh, that's a hundred years ago. <laughs> they were around then.
0: Yeah. And I remember I remember his wife, the owner's wife, because the owner's a really good friend of dad. And you know, there's like their family connection. But the wife was like the hostess, and she was like so, so beautiful and like so like quaint. Like just I I remember her out of everything. I don't remember the restaurant, I don't remember the experience, but I remember her.
1: Things. Wow. so
0: and i think they were just engaged at the time and now they have like ki- like teenage kids or something anyway digress the crossing great restaurant in st louis sponsor us but yeah you should come in town for a couple of days and batch it up with dad yeah i might
1: batch it up with dad and see tom because our brother tom works at the crossing so yeah and i'm just gonna insert here because you know oh, yeah insert yourself here you mean yeah yeah exactly this is a podcast we talk about songs. And we talk about the lyrics to those songs. We talk about what those lyrics mean, what they might mean to other people, what they really mean, what they mean to us. And it's your turn to have a song and you have a song. So what's your song? I have a song and we were talking about this in the
0: intro about Happy Mother's Day and the wonder of women and mothers and the wonders that they do. And this song, it's a nod to that exact thing. Oh, a
1: Mother's Day song special.
0: It is a Mother's Day song special. It really is. And it's a women empowerment special. We're going to just like nod off to all the amazing women.
1: So wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to give you a today years old. I think nod off means fall asleep. Oh, yes. Nod off is definitely fall asleep. Yes. Nod to.
0: There you go. You tap there off. Go. Like to- I'm giving you a nod. Yeah. <laughs> we are tipping our hats. We're tipping our hats. Exactly okay what is it what is it we're gonna do
1: this woman's
0: work by kate (gasps) bush
1: oh my god stop it right there i can't (laughs) this is on the she's having a baby soundtrack Mm -hmm. which was the soundtrack of my life for so many years you're gonna have
0: so much insight then this is so great i'm so glad (gasps) Mm -hmm.
1: oh they talk about apron strings in it i think oh i don't know okay i made that up i made that up up. Mm -hmm. okay women's work oh i can't with this it's so wonderful it's such a beautiful song so when you
0: google it pardon me you're most likely going to come up with maxwell but he did a cover of it which we'll talk about but the lyrics are the same so if you pull up the maxwell version or the kate bush it's all they're
1: the same the lyrics are the same i don't know who maxwell is but that doesn't matter okay
0: you will at the end of this and you will be a fan
1: Oh, my goodness. This is so exciting. Um, okay. I have pulled up the lyrics to This Woman's Work by Kate Bush. Are you going to say all the ooh-oohs? Oh, no.
0: <laughs> there are okay. a lot of. It starts a lot with of like, some ooh-oohs. Like a lot of melodic ooing. Yes. I am not because okay. that would be brutal. It's a little early. It's a little early. Yeah. And I did not okay. have a good sufficient cup
1: of coffee. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> Let me
0: clear my throat. Pray, God, you can cope. I'll stand outside this woman's worth, this woman's world. Oh, it's hard on a man. Now his part is over. Now starts the craft of the father. I know you've got a little life in you left. I know you've got a lot of strength left. I know you've got a little life in you left. I know you've got a lot of strength left. I should be crying, but I just can't let it show. I should be hoping, but I can't stop thinking. All the things we should have said that are never said, all the things we should have done that we never did all the things we should have given, but I didn't. Oh, darling, make it go, make it go away. Give me these moments. Give them back to me. Give me your little kiss. Give me your, give me your hand, baby. I know you've got a lot of strength. Give me your pretty hand. I know you've got a lot of life, a little life in you left. Show me you understand. I know you've got a lot of strength left. Your love child. I know you've got a little life in you left. <clears throat> Pardon me. Whatever you need, baby. I know you've got a lot of strength left. Give me your hand. I know you got a little life left. It, life in you left. Give me your love. I should be crying, but I just can't let it show, baby. I should be hoping, but I can't stop thinking. All the things we should have said, we never said. All the things we should have done, we never did. All the things that you wanted from me, all the things that you needed from me, all the things we should have given, but I didn't. Oh, darling, make it go away now. Just make it go away.
1: God dang.
0: Yeah. And I think that like, yeah, there's like some repeating in that song, but um, there is like a little bit of like change, you know, like there's like, she says, I know you got a little life left, life in you left. I know you got a lot of strength. Give me your, you know, there's, there's a lot of repeating, but each repeat is like echoing off another statement. That's like drawing emphasis to the, to the song. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah so let's start off with what your your interpretation what you know about it what you remember and how you feel about it what are your what's your take
1: well uh kate bush is an absolute queen uh i'm totally in love with her Mm -hmm. so i did not know this song until the soundtrack of she's having a baby which is which is a film with kevin bacon And some girl, I don't know who she is, but they're, they're like married and they're going through a rocky time. And the, um, Kevin Bacon character is kind of having fantasies about another woman and his wife is pregnant. And this song plays when she's having the baby. Mm -hmm. And so, and I believe she has complications. Like there's a moment where you're not sure if she or the baby's going to make it. Mm Mm-hmm. So all I can do is think of that. It's hard for me to look at these lyrics outside of that reference because I just see it as the woman is giving birth, but Mm -hmm. she's not sure if she can survive it or she's not sure if she has the strength to do it. And then she's thinking about possibly the end of her life, like all the things I should have said, all the things I should have done. So I am just stuck on, this is a song about childbirth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you're
0: absolutely right. So actually, the reason you first heard this song was with the She's Having a Baby soundtrack is because this song was written for the film. So John Hughes, I believe it's John Hughes. Is that he also did Ferris Bueller? He directed the film and he he had it all. He wanted a song for the scene that you're referencing is when Kevin they're in the hospital and Kevin Bacon is in the waiting room. And yes, there's complications and so she, he sent her, the, the director sent Kate Bush this scene and he's like, I need a song for this scene. So she wrote this song exclusively for that scene, which is actually really, I think is really cool because I there's, from my recollection, my memory, I don't have that many memories or knowledge that this happens a lot where a song, an artist writes a specific song. for. I mean, of course it does, but this one is like, she wrote this song ex, like for this scene to the T. Oh, my God. Sometimes they'll find a song that works in a scene or sometimes they'll ask an artist like, hey, can you write a song for this movie? Right. This one was written directly for that scene. So you're right. The scene has played work. So he's in the waiting room and he's having flashbacks of his wife. And you're right. He's like prior to this, you know, they get married and they live happily. You know, they're happy. But like the the realization that he has to grow up, he's no longer batching. (laughs) Uh, right right and um he has this old friend that comes to town and he's kind of like you know like a player and he's oh yeah like oh wait maybe i want to is that alec baldwin that comes to
1: town yes you're right very good and i just looked it up because i didn't want to dismiss her the woman is elizabeth mcgovern mcgovern thank you i couldn't remember her
0: name she's also she's in downton abbey too oh i didn't know that Mm -hmm. so
1: oh my goodness okay
0: so it's that's what's really compelling. And I, I love that you have that reference because you're right. Like and the reason you first heard it, yeah, is because it was written for that film. So but in this scene, he's realizing, okay, she's having my baby and I don't know what's gonna be next because yes, she's having complications. It's one of those like, I mean, there's I can't remember what exactly it is, but he's not sure what's gonna happen next. And then they he's having these flashbacks and then they show a nurse walk in at the end of the video or the end of the scene. So he's kind of a part, there's a bit of some selfishness that I, this is my take on it because he's, he's not wanting to grow up. He wants to live the single life. He's not sure if he really wants to be this father and play this role and like, you know, do the whole fatherly thing. But at this moment when he is like, his wife is on the verge of possible death and his child is about to be born. That's when he realizes, Oh, Okay. I do want this, and I do. I do need to grow up. So, part of me, like my own like interpretation of it, is kind of like, "Screw you, grow up." You know what I mean? Like,
1: but yeah, like you've had your whole marriage, and her whole pregnancy to think about and accept the fact that you're going to be a dad. But in the film, he is having these fantasies about this other woman, Mm -hmm. and they play him out like there's some woman. I don't know where the woman comes from. I think she's she's a friend of
0: Alec Baldwin or something, or she met him at a restaurant. She met him. He met her briefly, I think is from what
1: I remember. Okay. And he keeps having fantasies about the same woman throughout his wife's pregnancy. So yeah, it is sort of like, dude, I mean, and it's not like they're 19. Like it looks Mm -hmm. as if they've been married for a while. They have a nice house. They have nice jobs. Like this is a planned pregnancy, dude. And you've had all this time, but you're sitting in the waiting room like, Oh shit. I'm about to be a dad. What? Like, yeah, dude. We've known that the whole film. You've known that your whole life, right? And they they were high school sweethearts too. So they. So oh. it's a little
0: yeah. Okay. It's written in the perspective. The narrator is the father. Is Kevin right? Bacon,
1: basically, yeah. I was just thinking that. I like how he. It says you know just the words. I stand outside this woman's work, like mm-hmm. I'm literally outside, of the delivery room. Mm-hmm. because there's complications. I mean, in real life, the husbands are in there for most of everything anymore, but mm-hmm. there's so many layers to that. Like I am standing outside of the woman's work, like the work that the woman has had to do. Yeah. Pregnancy wise, mu- delivery, motherhood, I really am standing outside of that. I think that's right. really a, like a beautiful line.
0: I totally agree. And I think that is what is so it's that's the most captivating thing is yeah it's like he's acknowledging like you know because then it says it's hard on a man now his part is over you know his his part is over It's now in the hands of the woman and it's all on her um so it's very real and raw because then it says now starts the craft of the father so now it's basically like what you and i always talk about like what when the second a woman is pregnant she feels that like motherly instinct men don't have that because they don't have that like physical like yeah yeah and so it's almost like now the father the man is crafting to become a father the woman is being crafted to be the mother from the very beginning because she has to eat different she has to nurture her own body to nurture her child so the craft of the father is beginning as the woman is doing her work that he has to stand
1: outside yes She's doing all the work way before this, which is another thing. Like, dude, why are you having this come to Jesus moment now? Mm -hmm. She has had lots of time to prepare for this because it's physically in her body. And while she's been doing all this preparation and physically going through it all, you're in
0: your little moment and in your head fantasizing about somebody else. Like, check yourself, dude. You better own up to that, (laughs) Mr. Kevin Bacon. Right. Right. And then it's, he's saying, you know, I know you have a lot of life. You had a little, you have a little life in you, but I know you have a lot of strength. So he's like realizing like, okay. And he's like, I should be crying, but I can't, I can't be the weak one. You have to be strong. And I think that goes to say, even if there's a pregnancy where the woman is not in in turmoil, or there's no threat for the, the child or the baby of the mother, the father should, you know, not should, but it's hard to show emotions because the mother Needs that strength in a way, so he's like, "I should be crying, but I just can't let you see that." I should well, that's be a good call.
1: That's a good call. I wasn't sure about that line, but I think you're right.
0: I should be hoping, but I can't stop thinking. So he's like, in turmoil of like hoping for the best, but then he's like thinking of the worst. But like I said, I think that this is this is like the roller coaster of emotions that everyone goes through. Not everyone, but you know, people in this situation of birth, any kind of birth, even before birth, from the second you know, that pregnancy test has two double lines. I think the emotions start kicking in of these exact motions, like it's the woman's work, but it's also the fa- it's also the man's work. But at this present moment, we need to focus on the fact that it's the woman's work while she's giving birth, while she's nurturing this child, you know, developing this baby in her. There's a lot of work that the father has to do, but he's not realizing that until the, the moment of breakness. Like he's like, oh shoot, this she might not make
1: it. My baby might not make it. You know what I like about this is that it's not like you're sympathetic of the father. This isn't like some feminist um, statement about what it means to be a woman and a mother so much as it is acknowledging and respecting like what a woman has to go through from a man's perspective that actually, I think gives a quite a nod to the father. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we take this out of the context of the film where we know he's having all these thoughts about another woman, which again, if my memories collect correct, they're just thoughts. So this film isn't about him having an affair, right? It's about him having this mental crisis about becoming a father. Yes. And I think his fear (laughs) of that is what, causes him to fantasize about being single and having these sexual fantasies mm-hmm. but this isn't like you're a jerk look at how awesome look at all the stuff women have to do you're a jerk i think this is really a mm-hmm. nod to men Hmm. okay
0: yeah i can i definitely in that in that stanza as you call it like i know you've got a little life in you i know you got a lot of strength i should be crying but i can't let it show definitely in the in that that parts. You're absolutely right. All the things we should have given, but I didn't, or,
1: you know, totally. I, yeah, I, I mean, wholeheartedly yeah. agree. He's acknowledging the things that he should have done, which takes a lot of vulnerability to say, mm-hmm. because he's not a perfect man. When I say this is a nod to men or to a man, part of that nod is his like ability to admit how wrong he's been. All the things I should have said, all the things I should have done, like,
0: mhm and he's saying let's you know, oh darling make it go make it go away like let's let's wipe all those things clean and let me let me do them now all the things i i didn't give you i'm going to give you now and you know yeah i do agree with taking it out of the context of the film and just looking at it from a perspective just in general never mind cuz you're right he never did anything bad he just was having like a midlife crisis kind of thing like a right, right. Oh, dad, i'm going to be a dad kind of crisis and he just wants to acknowledge that it's this woman's work,
1: which is amazing. You know, I just pulled up the She's Having a Baby soundtrack, which I swear to you, I played this. There's a song called Apron Strings by Everything But the Girl. That's oh, what I it was nice. apron strings. yeah That's what it is. I love Everything But the Girl side note. I could listen There's to There's an XTC the- song in this soundtrack. <gasps> There's a Brian Ferry song, Love and Rockets. Oh, it's like Gene loves Jezebel. See, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah, I want to make sure I have that downloaded on my uh iPod, that w- iPad, iP- iTunes, <laughs> on my um, MP3 player,
0: on your mini disc player.
1: On my I, think it's,
0: I think it's definitely a soundtrack that you could you can put like some soundtracks, like oh, I'm gonna skip, but this is definitely one that you can play in its entirety. Yeah. You don't need to skip anything, it's just like and no it flows, it tells it, it tells the story. Yeah. Uh, so the video of her Kate Bush's video is similar to kind of like that movie, the clip in the movie similar, like there's a man in the waiting room and it's very similar. She then oh, so it was released on the soundtrack. She then put it on her album, The Sensual World in 1989, which is awesome because she. She, I mean, I don't know. Is she able to double dip? Like, does she get royalties twice? Who knows? Good for her, good on mm-hmm. her. But um, Kate Bush has been considered like a revolutionary in the music industry. Like, she she's unmatched to the, you. Nobody can. She's up there with like uh, to me. She's up there with like Bjork, and I mean, I could even say like Annie Lennox. Like, she, nobody can sing like her. Nobody. She's just mm-hmm. she's just a revolutionary. So. In 1997, R&B performer Maxwell, he did an MTV Unplugged performance and he covered this song.
1: Oh, wow.
0: And he later recorded it in the studio for his album Now in 2001. So his actually his Unplugged performance was kind of was in the same realm and like stature of um, the, um, the Nirvana. Like it was sold millions of copies. People loved it. And he kind of it kind of put him on the map.
1: Hmm, what year was that?
0: The unplugged was in 1997, and then he released it in, on his album now in 2001.
1: I totally missed the uh, Maxwell boat. I know nothing about him.
0: Oh gosh, he can. I just sting. googled him. He's incredible, really? and he's beautiful. So in I the video, love. you will fall deep, mad, truly madly deeply in love with him.
1: You the just... video of this song or the the
0: unplugged this the not the unplugged and the unplugged is very amazing too but the video that they did for this song is so breathtaking he's like swimming in the water but the water is like in the middle of the street and then it shows these flashbacks of a lover and it's kind of revealed that she's she's died and he sees her ghost in everything. Like he looks up at the clouds and it's like a cloud. And then all of a sudden he sees her in the cloud. He sees her in the tree. Like she's everywhere in this movie. And like he sees her everywhere. And then he's at this diner and he's sitting, there's three random women and the camera like kind of zooms in on the woman's face. And then it kind of zooms in, in her ear, almost as if it's like kind of giving you a glimpse into her thoughts. And then it shows her, there are glimpses of her own loss and her own heartbreak of different kinds. Like one of them is like, you know, love, you know, a love that didn't work. And then another woman is like, um, I think it was something like a pregnancy loss or something like that. So it shows that he is connecting with these, uh, these three women that are also suffering and hurting and have heartbreak of another kind. And he's similar to what, Kev, you know, the narrator in the in the song is. I, I know you guys take on so much pain and so much as well. I'm not the only one, you know, kind of what kind of in that that thing, like I should have done this. But he's acknowledging the woman's work of heartbreak mm-hmm. from a different wow. perspective because his his lover dies. So he has his only heartbreak and his only turmoil is his own. He doesn't know at that moment. So he kind of takes a step back and it's like he's realizing that hey, he's not alone, but. What about the hurt that these women are feeling when they go through the same thing like they're they're. do you know Am yeah no know? no, I gotcha I gotcha That's that beautiful. Sense? It's really cool and then he kind of leaves the diner. I don't know it's a beautiful video and it's it's directed by I think the director Sanji who does really cool work. they did I think they did a lot of um Lauren Hill's videos too, which are really cool. anyway, I highly recommend watching that video from start to finish because you'll just see the magic of Mr. Maxwell. He's he's amazing. He can sing. He, I have a cool yeah. Question go
1: ahead. in the um in the Kate Bush video of the song is it actual scenes from the movie?
0: No, Mm-mm.
1: there's no. It's a different man in the waiting room and a different mm-hmm. woman. That's interesting to me. I wonder
0: if it's possible that that video she made in like to i think the video might have de- was like for the 1989 uh album that she did the central world i don't think that the video came out to promote she's having a baby soundtrack oh it came but out I think when she the was album stepping dropped. away okay. from the she's having a baby and like promoting it on her new album i believe that's what it was yeah and so maxwell is probably he's the only person that that can that can that remotely close to her and then in 2014 there was something called the hope for isla and jude jude excuse me uh some australian musicians and flea from red hot chili peppers recorded a version of the song to raise awareness and funds for the australian siblings isla and jude who suffered a rare genetic disease called san Filippo syndrome so then they did like a little video for it. So it's it's been covered t- technically hmm. twice. Um, and the 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 diseases can be fatal, and it's these two twins. I think they were twins. No, they were just siblings. They both had the disease, and you can go to the website and kind of see. How you so who
1: performed it. the song with Flea?
0: It was a bun. It was a bunch of Australian musicians, and none okay. of them are. Some of them were from like American Idol or something. And I think Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers maybe produced it or he participated. He was part of the um, the production of it. But the most I think the most compelling thing to come out of it has been Maxwell. His cover of it is just so beautiful because, you know, there's it's nice to see a male's perspective on females that is positive. (laughs)
1: That is nice to see, yes, and refreshing,
0: because you know, and it, you know, not to say that all men are are pigs, you know, we, we don't think that. Um, maybe some men in office, but I think that <laughs> there's something to be said about, yeah, the vulnerability that a man has to face when he's about to become a father, but also the fear and the unknowing that a woman feels the entire time from the second she sees that positive pregnancy test there's just this this fear and of i know it sounds crazy like oh my god i can't believe people are always so are they really that scared but yes because we don't know there's just all this unknown and so the work this woman's work that we have to go through to become a mother and to be
1: a mother is but you know what bothers me a tiny bit is would the narrator in this song have had this Moment of self awareness. If his wife had a very smooth pregnancy and delivery, like is it only the trauma that's going on with his wife in the delivery room? Is it only is that the only t- catalyst for him coming to his senses, or would he have if she just had a normal delivery with no problems? That's a good question. I'm gonna have to go with. I think he would,
0: because even preg- like pregnancy and. Even when people say, "Oh, I had the easiest pregnancy. Oh, it was so great. My delivery was so great," there definitely are moments where it's not. There's, it's not always perfect. Even when you're in the delivery room, you know, a heart rate can drop really quickly, or you know, there's a contraction. You, know, they're all painful. So I think that there's a sense of vulnerability, pain, fear, and you know, um, un, unknowing that is always there. So I, th- I would, I'm going to go with yes. I think that the, that the father, the narrator, would still feel this even if it wasn't so even if the woman wasn't on the brink of death while delivering her child
1: or just seeing the child for the first time
0: yes there's i yeah exactly there's a moment where that father or the man those emotions come crashing in it might be yeah in the waiting room or it could be the second he holds the child for the first time or you know seeing that child being held by his by his parents or you know but there also is something to be said that we have to nod to <laughs> that mm-hmm. even in unconventional families where there's adoption involved or um surrogacy or any of those things there's still that moment for the parents to still feel the woman's work as well it's not just the conventional way and i think that we should kind of give homage to that and i know the vi- the movie depicts the traditional way and the You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's, this can apply to any um, situation when it comes to womanhood and parenting.
1: And don't you think that the woman's work remains different during the course of the child's life? Yeah, there's a difference um, in the work of a mother in, in raising a child, I mean, everybody kind of understands some sort of stereotypical differences between mothers and fathers, but I, I really still love that. It's called the woman's work. Cause it's mm-hmm. sort of like, it's like, <clears throat> this is the woman's work, but for whatever reason, call it God, call it evolution, call it science. We are fortunate enough to be given this thing that makes us want to do it no matter what makes Mm -hmm. us completely committed to it changes us, continues to change us. I mean, my kids are in their twenties and I'm going to see them for mother's day today. Mm -hmm. And I feel exactly the same about them as I did the day they were born. Like the same hardcore desire to take care of them and protect them. And Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Without a
0: doubt. And there's, there's no question that this song rate, like it resonates. (laughs) Mm-hmm. With me, it, it even to this day. It did even before I was a mother. I remember hearing the song and how beautiful it was, and I always knew it was about, you know, childbirth and that kind of thing. But um,
1: yeah, the film came, came <laughs> out in nineteen. The film came out in nineteen eighty eight.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: neither one of us were anywhere close to being a mother. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know why I fell so in love with that movie. In because I remember it in '88. I mean, I was in, I was in high school. It's when you look it up, it says it's a comedy, which I don't remember it being very funny. I think some of the scenes where he's having these like sexual fantasies are sort of funny. Like the woman he's fantasizing about like appears in his house, and there's all this. It's like so over the top that maybe that's a little bit
0: funny. Okay,
1: and I think Alec Baldwin, his character, is oh yeah, like a wild
0: and crazy goofball, and. Yeah, I wanted to kind of this song came to mind in a really powerful way for me. A couple, uh, maybe last Monday, I was thinking of this song and I literally have been playing it on repeat since some controversial things happened with the Supreme Court and, you know, political things. And this song literally has been in my head and I've probably played it on repeat, whether it's the Kate Bush version or the Maxwell version. And then it was the weirdest thing. I was just like so in my head about that. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Mother's Day this weekend. This is there's something in the universe is pointing me to the significance of this song and the significance of what is the state of our our world right now outside of everything. But this week, my my brain was honed in on this woman's work, our work, what we do, what what, what it means for us to be a woman, what it means for like, it's, I can't, I can't grasp the words. And I feel like the song kind of just does it for me, I guess.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? And and just, just the, the powerfulness that, um, we are women and we are fierce and I don't know. It's just, it's just, I just literally, I don't have the words. So I'm just going to let Kate Bush
1: use the words for me. Do you have any words? Well, I think that with what we've seen happening with the Supreme Court and this decision that's likely to come down, it has prompted a lot of discussion about parenthood. It hasn't only prompted discussion about the right to an abortion. Like if we put that to the side and we put to put to the side any way you might feel about abortion, Mm -hmm. what has been happening that I've seen and felt is there's a real discussion of what it means to be a mother and what it means to be a father. Mhm. And so that brings about discussions of what people, what this country values in parenthood after a child is born. Be it the expense of childbirth, having to stay home and raise a baby, maternity leave, paternity leave, paternity leave right, allowing fathers to also do the work, acknowledging that there is a biological difference in what parenthood means because we physically cannot, you know, leave pregnancy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We cannot leave motherhood in a way that just biologically, you know, we've seen that fathers are able to do, you know, my father was never in my life or whatever. So I think it's calling on all of us to think deeper than the issue and to think more about how serious it is to become a parent and what it does, how it changes people. And the things that need to be
0: in place to help guide such situations, um, whether it be um, adoption or whether it be, I'm going to keep this child. However, I'm going to need some help because, you know, whatever the circumstances are, there needs to be things in place where lactation consultants, are important or, you know, we just, there need. there's no handbook to become a parent. There's no book, there's no handbook that if we have, it takes a village, but we need to help provide this village for people, for these mothers and fathers. Right.
1: I mean, I think they got a little better about it, but you know, there was a time when if you had a baby, you were sent home within 24 hours from the hospital. Like it mm-hmm. was insurance wouldn't pay for you to be there for more than 24 hours. Right. I think when my kids were born, I got to stay for forty-eight hours. Mm-hmm. But still, you are the doors of the hospital open, and you are pushed out of there in a wheelchair with a baby on your lap, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Good luck." Yeah. So Don't the woman, baby, make sure you strap them into the car seat. Have a good yeah. Day. And you're like, okay, I got the car seat. I think I'm not supposed to lay them on their back, or maybe I am because they always change their mind about what's safe and. Mm-hmm. Um. So the woman's work is often, I think, sort of isolating because there isn't much support to tell you how to do it. Right. That's so true. So
0: we're. I think you're right. Let's that's, that's, never mind the issue of the termination. We need to off. We need to pay more attention to what lies ahead. If we're, if there's going to be this situation where a woman cannot make that choice, then. We'll, how do we hold her hand through what she's about to go through when she may not be prepared, may not want it? all those things. we need to put these things in place for after the fact, if we care so much about these lives, let's help to raise them to be
1: the future of our of our world because they are, you know, and <sighs> yeah, you can't uh, I, I think it is a um, I think it is um really irresponsible to put so much emphasis on the issue that the Supreme Court decided mm-hmm. without thinking about what the alternative is in terms of these humans coming into the world. Like that conversation doesn't seem to be happening. Like, yeah,
0: I guess I'll just go make
1: a beeline out of here and get some good coffee. When you decide to go get your coffee, I recommend that instead of making a beeline, <laughs> you make an eye line. I'm going to totally make an
0: eye line. I'm going to make a capital I, so I don't have to pause and do the dot. I'm just going to make a capital line right across the street to the Starbucks.